Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good afternoon. At the I was Miles. Uh, <laughs> no, I know why you're excited, because it's Super Bowl weekend. Don't pretend it's about me. That's right. Fin yeah, finally we can put aside politics and just enjoy Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton. Who are you gonna root, who are you gonna root for? The old white guy or the fresh young black? Oh, it is like politics. I'm well, I'm sorry, but excuse me, I think the politics blood sport is actually more interesting. The vo voting finally started this week. Iowa caucuses, the children of the corn, have spoken. <laughs> and... <laughs> and, uh, and now they've all moved on to New Hampshire. That's for people who find Iowa too black. But uh, very surprising in Iowa. Uh, Ted Cruz beat Donald Trump, what the pundits are calling a, a lesser of two assholes. Uh, <laughs> Ted... <laughs> yeah, Ted pulled it out at the last minute with his slogan, especially tailored for the Iowa voter, vote for me and I'll leave. <laughs> he is not a liked man. But I must say, Donald Trump, right after, made a speech, very gracious, for an hour. And then he reverted to form and demanded a do-over and threatened this. It was like, you know, you ever see, like, when a baby falls? There's, like, a minute where he... Then and he starts to cry. <laughs> now, to be fair, Donald Trump does have kind of a point. Ted Cruz did cheat. He put out a press release and had his precinct captains call all over saying Ben Carson, the other evangelical in the race, was dropping out to trick his voters as Jesus would do. <laughs> and, and it worked. <laughs> well... And it worked, because 64% of Republican voters in Iowa are born again. And 100% are born yesterday. <laughs> but... <laughs> but this, this is what I... I'm amazed at about politics. The big winner, the media said, coming out of Iowa was Marco Rubio, who also thanked his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for picking him third. <laughs> he came in third. Did you, he came in third, I swear to God, he made a speech. Right after he came in third, where he said, this is the moment they said would never happen. <laughs> and they were right, it did not. 
They said I had no chance. Right again, you don't. They said this was in our state. Plainly, it is not. I mean, so, but anyway, <laughs> it's all so psychological. Now he's the guy with momentum. Now up in New Hampshire, he's the one rising in the polls, so all the other guys are coming after Marco Rubio. Chris Christie calling him, calls Marco Rubio the boy in the bubble. That's got a sting coming from the mook and the moo moo. I, <laughs> I don't know what mook is, by the way. <laughs> if you're writing it, I can't believe you use the word mook. I don't know what that is. It's... <laughs> uh, but uh, Hillary and Bernie now fought to uh, a dead even tie. Bernie was 30 points behind, a dead-even tie, basically. I just think Hillary, I love her, but just not good at this. Just not good at camp. I mean, in 2008, she lost to a black man with a Muslim name. Now she's losing to a 74-year-old Jewish socialist. I mean, Hillary... <laughs> we're making this as easy as we can for you, but... You're gonna have to help a little. Now... <laughs> Hillary's camp says that's unfair because Bernie has a, an advantage. People actually like him. <laughs> but, you know, you gotta admit, Sanders having a big, big win there, now, I mean, a tie there, now he's gonna have a big win in New Hampshire. A tie and a win in the first two go a long way to addressing the electability issue. I mean, for, uh, forever, Bernie's been like the guy who the girl dates but doesn't marry. <laughs> I love him, but he can't win is the political version of he gives me great orgasms, but he doesn't have a job. <laughs> but that's all in question now. But I gotta say, Hillary's strategy of hugging Obama on everything looked pretty good today because the unemployment rate has now dropped below 5%. And it's all private sector jobs, exactly what conservatives are always calling for. But did they give Obama credit? Of course not. They accused him today of succeeding from behind. <laughs> and this is the 72nd straight month of job creation. Of course, conservatives say, well, those stats don't include people who have exhausted their unemployment benefits and have just given up and stopped looking for work. To which I say, be careful how you talk about my studio audience. <laughs> And as a public service, let me tell you, the World Health Organization now has officially declared the Zika virus a public health emergency, and you know what that means. White people are getting it now. <laughs> and... <laughs> and this is not good news. It is transmitted now not just by mosquitoes, but it can be transmitted sexually. So if one prick doesn't get you, the other one will. <laughs> Alright, we got a great show, Alex Wagner. P.J. O'Rourke and Armstrong Williams are here, and a little later we'll be speaking with Erin Brockovich. But first up, I'm going to call her a feminist activist because she hates the word icon. Her new book is My Life on the Road, our friend Gloria Steinem. Hey, you. <laughs> How are you? Oh, a handshake won't do it. Thank you very much. Sit down. Look at how great, 
Now, are you gonna bust me on sexism if I say you look great? At my age, I figure that what used to be conformist is now revolutionary. <laughs> you look great. I mean, I, I don't know what your age is. I actually do, but I'm not gonna say no, it. No, well, but... we, I have to say it because why not? 81. 81. <laughs> and look, still rocking the, uh, I love this, yeah. I think I'm gonna... Still rocking the hip huggers, yeah. Okay. I, I think I may be a stand-up comic because I have my first line. You want to hear it? Go ahead. Okay. At my age, most people are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is statistically true, right? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, most men are dead. <laughs> no, women too. Women too. Okay, but women do live longer. Yes, right even though there are now fewer women on the planet than men. Right, okay, we will get to that. Okay. But, okay. but the book, first of all, let's plug the book, My Life on the Road. That is a title I could use. Yes. I mean, any comic. No, I think I, I know why this... I'm on the road, why are you? <laughs> well, organizers and comics, I mean, I don't know. Right, sure. Yeah. And, and also, I realized I was writing least about what I was doing most, so I should write about the road and and the road used to be a male province for no good reason. It should be everybody's province. Everything did, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But also, the road was thought to be more dangerous. I'm so, sure it was, right. But, and interesting... st but statistically speaking, home is the most dangerous place for a woman. Aha. Uh -huh. Right. How weird is that? <laughs> right. Because they live with the guys you see on Cops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But interesting, you, you dedicate this book to the doctor who performed an abortion for you when you were 22. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because, well, first of all, when at that time in London, when it was very illegal and he was risking his livelihood, and he said to me, you must promise me two things. You must never tell anyone my name, and you must do what you want to do with your life. So I realized that all these years now, obviously he's no longer living. Uh, and I think that he who knew the law was unjust and right. inhumane would not mind if I said, if I thanked him and said, I've done the best I could with my life. This book is for you. That's great. <laughs> so, um, there are people, among them Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who have said that the younger generation of women are very complacent about Roe versus mm -hmm. Wade, that they weren't around uh, before, and they don't have an appreciation. Do you think that's right? You know, I don't think so. I mean, I find the young women very, very activist, and they're way, way more feminist and, you know, than we... I mean, we were like 12 crazy ladies in the beginning, you know, and now it's the, the majority. But I, I do think that gratitude never radicalized anybody. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I did not say thank you for the vote. I got mad on the basis of what was happening to me, and I think that that's true of young women, too. So they're mad as hell because they're graduating in debt, and they're going to earn a million dollars less over their lifetime to pay it back. You know, they're mad about what's happening to them. They really don't like Hillary, though. What, what, well, what do you think that's about? Well, that mom likes her, so I have to, you know. <laughs> First of all, I mean, she's, she does have a huge uh, gender gap and race gap. I mean, huge. Yeah, women are more for her than men are, and she has. But the, not younger women. The black. They're more for Bernie. 
It depends where you ask, but I do America. think that Bernie. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, really? In America, no, I mean, it it's just true. I mean, first of all, women get more radical as we get older because we experience. Women get more radical. Yeah, it's the That's opposite. It's the opposite of. You know, I, I don't mean to overgeneralize. I'm sure that you're no, getting no. more radical, but <laughs> but men right. tend to get more conservative because they gain power as they age, and women right. get more radical because they lose power wow. as they age. So it's it's kind of not fair to measure most women by the standard of most men because they're going to get more activist as they grow older. And and when you're young, you're thinking, you know, where are the boys? The boys are with Bernie, or you know. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> now, if I said that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's for Bernie because that's where the boys no, are. No, no, but, but you'd, you'd but it's swap not, me. Come no, on. No, I wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't because good. because the boys are saying whether. No, I mean, hello. What do you? How well do you know me? Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> not that well. Uh, I'd love to know you better, but. Uh, but also, also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one went right by me. I didn't yeah, I know, it. I know. <laughs> okay, so um, the woman of the year, I think, from Glamour magazine was Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, the woman of the year has a dick. When, when this... <laughs> I gotta say. And the, when this and, happened, I said, I give up highest, as a comedian. I, 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 I know, I know. The highest earning female in the corporate world, too, was a male previously, right? So, I mean... Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no rules anymore. <laughs> but, you know, we used to hear this about feminism, a woman can have it all. I, I just think that's a terrible thing to tell anybody. Man, yeah. Woman, child. No, no, it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. so stupid. Oh, I'm I mean, so glad you agree. Yeah, with that. right. I mean, first of all, you can't have it all if you have to do it all, and that's usually what it means to a lot of women because they right. have to, you know, do the whole thing, children, everything. Uh, but you know, we we just have to be able to use our talents and do what we want. I mean, the whole nobody. Do they say that to men? Is there anybody ever said to you? Men just you have, assume it. Well, but do they say... I say that as a feminist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Hillary famously, in, when she was first lady, w went to China and said, uh, uh, I think women's rights are human rights, right? right? And right. Uh, one of her greatest moments as first lady, she points to it often. Um, is, is feminism something that goes beyond our borders? Oh, yes, absolutely. It is, it is totally beyond borders. And, and, and that Hillary went was a great triumph because no one wanted her to go, if you'll remember. I mean, she went against the will of the, you know, practically everybody. And, and the fact that she stood there and said, women's rights are human rights, coalesced what was already a global movement but it was that kind of moment in time. But, when but then why, why aren't the way women are treated in the Muslim world uh, considered more of a, a feminist cause? But it is. Are you kidding me? Of course it is. And, and, and the well, women in those countries consider it a feminist cause. There are women there risking their lives every day. It, I mean, you know, all, all monotheism is a problem. <laughs> right. Yes, right. but not quite as much. It depends if you the the well, Islam being attached on. to the government is the problem. I mean, if you have well, a theocracy, it's a problem. Sure. But that's, where I we mean, have Christian theocracies, it's a problem. But forty countries have Sharia law, 
and under Sharia law, I mean, women's testimony in court is worth half as much. Women, a man can get divorced by just saying, I divorced thee in front of a judge. A woman can't. Uh, a, a woman's property is not really her property. It goes yes, to, to the people, man. I mean, not to mention female genital mutilation and yes, honor and killings. And people are trying then, I mean, I'm, I can't handle any monotheism, okay? So I'm not here to... I can't either. <laughs> no, but, okay. But, but people but are trying matters. to take... Are trying to... <laughs> are trying to take, I mean, a lot of uh, feminists in the Islamic world are, tr are taking uh, It's a dangerous thing to be. Are taking Mohammed's words and pointing out that, you know, his first wife was a real estate agent who was smarter than him and richer than him, and he reformed law for... Uh, real estate in agent? On inheritance, yes. I mean, really? For, yeah, for, yeah. for what, century seven? No. <laughs> <laughs> but he, in his... <laughs> In his day, in his day, he was a reformer on a lot of issues for women, that's, and now it's a, a whole other story. Me, but I'll look no, it no, up. No, no, really. Okay. Yeah, right. right. But listen, only you could get me to defend any monotheism. I can't believe I'm, I'm not saying asking this. you to defend. Because, I'm just no. saying for for the people who were like so for the civil rights movement in the '60s and against apartheid in the '80s, it would seem Sharia law in 40 countries yes, of should be the cause of it the, is it okay, is great. it is and okay. including for the women in those countries. Absolutely, it's all for those women. That's who yes. we're sticking up for. <laughs> all right, thank you, Gloria okay, Steinem. Great, good you. luck with the book. Great to see you as always. Let's meet our Look who it is. All right, he's our friend whose new anthology, Thrown Under the Omnibus, is also the heaviest book published this year. <laughs> P.J. O'Rourke, my favorite writer, maybe, of all time. He's not only the largest minority owner of television stations in America, but also Ben Carson's business manager and confidant, Armstrong Williams. Hey, Armstrong. Yeah. Been too long since I've seen you. And she's an analyst for MSNBC. You all know Alex Wagner over here. <laughs> all right, remember to send us your questions for tonight's overtime so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. Let me pick up with where I was uh, starting there about uh, the generation gap in the Democratic Party. Iowa has spoken, and uh, the, the returns are in. And, yeah... What is going on there? Uh, why don't young people like Hillary Clinton? Yes, sir. <laughs> Basically, Sanders is Trump for people who are still living in their parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, you know. <laughs> well, they, they, they do have a lot in common, actually. They, they, yes. Yeah. In fact, you never see them together. No, authenticity. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> authenticity. Yeah, and no, that's they, what they, the millennials love more than yeah. anything else. Well, yeah. an absolute idealism. I mean, Hillary offers a sure. very pragmatic resume, and Bernie Sanders offers this kind of inspirational, big vision of what how he can transform Washington, and, you know, after which about... may or may not be rooted in reality. Well, yeah, but I, I think... Uh, I, I do think that um, when Bernie Sanders talks about the monopoly of Wall Street, when he talks about young people, when you talk about the American dream and prosperity, young people ask, prosperity for whom? I think he speaks to the anxiety, and a lot of these young people are reasons why President Barack Obama was elected, and they also felt as though what they gave him was not what was returned. And so they just, Hillary Clinton to them is just another outsider. 
Right. And so it's just, it's not... Or an insider. Look, yeah. She's a... Well, she's just another outsider inside Wall Street and inside the Capitol. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, I get you, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. you get it. Okay. But, but look, look, young people are very intelligent. They're not interested in left or right. They're interested in what works for them now. Right, and I think it's great that the youngest people want the oldest guy ever to run. <laughs> they don't care about anything else. He's authentic. Authentic. He doesn't even own a comb. You have, That's you, have, you, have a you have a problem with age? No, I, I, I'm the one who speaks against age now that I'm 60. I mean, ageism, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but doesn't Bernie deserve this? I mean, he has proved, I mean, he was, what, 30 points behind in Iowa? He has proved, I think, at this point, that this is a year when anything can happen. I heard a lot about Donald Trump will never, Donald Trump will never, and then Donald Trump did everything they said he would never do. I think the rules are out the window until proven otherwise. Now, we may revert back to politics as usual, but until we do, doesn't Bernie deserve the people who have been saying, oh, I like Bernie, but he can't be elected, to shut up? The Bernie Butters. Whoa, wait. Hasn't he earned that much? I mean, if no? I mean, like, I would set aside like, who deserves it? Because I think there are a lot of people who would say, Had, doesn't Hillary Clinton deserve it at this point? So you're for but, her. Well, no. I mean, listen, I think what's Who are you for? I, honestly, one? like, I, I think the race on the Democratic side, I watched the debate on MSNBC last night, and it was so substantive and so fascinating. And, you know, there were points at which I'd say the first, the first half of the debate, when you're talking about economic policy, Bernie Sanders has a really compelling message. The second half, when Hillary Clinton is talking about foreign policy, and when Bernie Sanders is talking about foreign policy, it really makes a case for Hillary Clinton's yeah, candidacy. But, um, but who are you for? I don't... I really... At this, as I'm a journalist, Bill, and as you know, yeah. I mean, oh, we never take sides. I'll take that as a Hillary. I, I tell you this. <laughs> I, I, I was, do you want Bill? Do you want Bernie Sanders getting off Air Force I, One I, and making I, I a deal think, with, with, and seriously, on foreign policy? Do you think that he's that he's at the level that we need? Fuck to, yeah. You do. The, the guy who voted right on the Iraq war? Okay, but... Yeah, I do. You, you're can, talking... you can surround yourself with people with those kind of credentials, those experts. Well, it no didn't politics. work for your guy. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll get to that later. No, but, really. Oh, oh, mister. I mean, he said we have to put a coalition to confront ISIS, and then they asked him which countries he couldn't name one. Well, that, I mean, you know, he was on, right that's about not, that. That's true. Right that's on that, that issue. Yeah, look, well, there's, there wasn't look, one. When you think about... When you think about this guy's background and the narrative of his story and what he represents, that this guy who's a world-renowned pediatric neurosurgeon would be a strong fourth ahead of the Bushes, the head of the Chris. If he was I running mean, for... I to America, man. Come on. If he was running for well. chief surgeon, I would vote for him. He's running for president of the United States. Which he has no qualifications According for. to you. Well... And you're entitled to your opinion. No, well, not okay. in a, a lot of people have come to that opinion, including yeah. people in your camp. Yeah. We're not in a qualification no. America, race. You no, yourself. Let, let the American people decide. That's what elections are about. Let them decide. They, and they are. Let them make the choice. Although, yeah, and are. you respect the process. I Absolutely. would like yeah. that person to get back to work, though, because there are a bunch of people in this race who need their head examined. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the okay. only thing I can really say against but, Ben Carson is... Okay, but let me ask this question once more about Bernie Sanders. It seems to me he has put something on the table that I would call a new deal. 
FDR had the New Deal, and it was like, look, the old way of work of, of because we had a giant depression of doing things just doesn't work. It seems like Bernie is putting on the table something we've never seen before. America could be more like a Western European democracy. Yes, you'll pay some more taxes, but we're going to cut defense, and look what you get for paying a little more. That's oh, what Bill, that's what Europe. Under what you get free health care. You get free college. Okay. This, I'm, I'm just saying. Wait, let me just finish. Let's talk about. Just finish and then you can okay, talk ad right. nauseum. We have never had someone do this. So we don't know how many leftists are out there who have sat out election after election because they thought the two parties were too alike. So could, is Bernie probably going to get his hand handed to him in Indiana and the South? Yes. Maybe. No, but I, maybe not because this is the year when there are no rules. I, mean, I think it's fun. I really like this a lot. I don't know about the Europe stuff, though. Europe has not had a great track record over the past hundred years. Ever since the Archduke's uh, uh, got a flat tire there in Sarajevo about 1914. <laughs> I mean, where do you even go to get all the commies and Nazis and 90 million dead people to make more America more like Europe? You know, I wouldn't go down that line if I were Bernie. But, 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 I, ta but no, I take his point. What we're going to find out, we're going to find out on Tuesday, is how many leftists there are in America who know it's Tuesday. Listen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's the reality that we live in a time of divided government. And until Democrats start voting in off-year elections, which would be a good way to change the makeup of the Congress, and we, 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 we resolve our redistricting process, like, we're, the reality is Bernie Sanders isn't going to walk in there with a supermajority in both houses of Congress. So the, I don't know where any of this stuff this, is going to get passed. He, he, well, deserves, he deserves to That's, be heard. He deserves it. They one wants Mrs. Clinton just to waltz in without being tested. As far as the socialism, not tested. without being tested, <laughs> she's just, 110. Yeah, has but, been, but, and she but, was yeah, married to but Bill. Listen, this is a new election cycle, <laughs> new ideas, new issues okay. that surround the world, like terrorism. She needs to be tested again. She just cannot waltz into the White House I, like I, a coronation. I, well, she's hardly waltzing. Uh, yeah. what, what, she's like literally hobbling yes, in with waltzing. like a trail right. of email right, like right, right. I mean, tell you, right. if the right wing gives anybody a free pass, it's Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. Really? <laughs> All right, let me ask about Rand Paul. He dropped out. My guy. My Your guy. guy. Yeah. Okay. Look, I, he was on our show. I yeah. had uh, I had drinks with him. He was afraid to do it, so we met. <laughs> I found him smart and charming. I noticed he let the invisible hand pick up the check. <laughs> uh, but, uh, He's not a libertarian for oh, nothing. Yeah. That's cold. That's cold. That's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he said that he dropped out. He said we ran a principled campaign. And actually, no, that's why you lost. Because he made his announcement in front of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> the, I mean, I like that part of the Paul family until he did that. That would be like Bernie Sanders... Making his announcement in ringing, front of an aircraft the carrier bell <laughs> oh, on yeah. the on the stock exchange yeah, yeah. floor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, he abandoned it, who yeah. and what he was. Right. He became something different, and he also dropped out because the Republicans are fearful of losing another Republican Senate seat in Kentucky, and they wanted to do all they could to protect that turf going forward. So that's another thing that they were leaning on him about. So there's a lot of things that goes on in politics. Well, and if you were kind of a rabble-rousing anti-institutionalist. Trump's an interesting character, I think, for that section of the electorate. And maybe those folks would have, in another year, gone for Rand Paul this but year. The, but there was a Trump. moment when people were saying libertarianism is ascendant. And then I think ISIS, you know, the shit-your-pants wing of the party, <laughs> uh, yeah. took over. And now I don't... Do you ISIS think there's is a rarely helpful. 
Yeah. In my experience. Yeah. It's certainly not helpful for libertarians. No, Do you no. think there's a place in the Republican Party for libertarians? Yeah, but it's more at a legislative level. It's more at a regulatory level. Probably Rand Paul is doing better work where he is than he would be in the White House. You know, he also had that same, that Hillary problem of giving nuanced answers in a non-nuanced year. You know, you'd ask Rand Paul a question, and he'd really tell you the answer, and it would take a while. Well, and, and you know. some issues, but then it's also a Republican Party that's favoring getting rid of a woman's right to choose, building a border wall that Mexico's going to pay oh, for. Oh, come I mean, on now. No, We've but Rand Paul before. signed on, on to those things, yeah. which are not oh, necessarily the libertarian plan. I'm not making well, it up. We had that Hillary well, problem of sounding like the grown-ups in the peanut specials. But again, it... Wow, 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 wow. He, he tried to split the difference between his base of libertarians yeah. and evangelicals in Iowa. Yeah. And in the work. year of living, frankly, no, uh, with Trump and Bernie Sanders... No. This is a pants-down campaign, you know, you do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why Hillary... No is not catching on with a lot of people. I, I just think. don't like the image of pants down campaign in this field. Okay. Pants soup down. But she looks, you know, like a Gatling gun in the age of drones yeah. when she speaks because she's still from that era where we don't say anything that offends anybody. We always parse every word to make sure that it... Uh, in part, I think that's born of trauma too, right? Of what? Trauma. I mean, Trauma, just they've been yes. on the nationals. You, you, you are in the foxhole for that long, and you right. learn not to stick your head up. Okay. So um, I noticed that it was the Iowa caucus for the first time on the day that Groundhog Day fell, <laughs> which we've never seen before. And uh, it's it, been a year of firsts. <laughs> <laughs> Always mocking my premises, Sorry. PJ. Uh, Sorry. So the groundhog, Puxatoni Phil, uh, said it's going to be an early spring, which means warmer weather. So naturally, the conservatives now think that Puxatoni Phil is in the tank with the liberals on global warming. <laughs> They're crazy about this issue. I mean, is it possible that they actually made an attack ad against Puck Tony? <laughs> Are they that crazy? Oh, you're saying no, they Phil, have? Phil, I'm, you've I'm got getting to this. Admit that groundhog weather predictions is unproven science. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck up my bit. Anyway. <laughs> they did. They made an attack ad against Puck Tony Phil. Take a look. Scientists think they're so smart. They claim the earth is getting warmer and last year was the hottest in recorded history. But then how come it snowed? If scientists can really predict the future, why don't more scientists win the lottery? And you know who's just another scientist? Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil says spring is coming early this year. Just another climate alarmist, like Al Gore. Punxsutawney Phil doesn't just hug trees, he lives under one. In fact, Phil digs a hole. And you know where you can dig a hole to? China. A groundhog isn't even a real hog. It's more of a squirrel. A herbivorous squirrel with no experience creating jobs in the private sector. But the mainstream media prints the worthless opinions of this rodent as fact, while ridiculing climate skeptics like Ted Cruz. Who do you trust your future to? A slimy, burrowing, repulsive animal? Or a groundhog? So good. All right, so she's good. an environmental activist and the water company's biggest headache. She's our friend, Erin Brockovich. Hey. Oh,
Now look at Hi. Oh, you look great. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. You know why you're here? Because there are toxic disasters in the news. What do you think about the fact that when there are toxic disasters, we think of you first? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I know it's uh, my brain is ready to explode. There's right. just so much information coming in. I'm and sure. And you were on to this Flint, Michigan thing uh, before anybody. You were there a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we've yeah. heard a lot about it. We should hear a lot more. But I want to expand it out because I think you're on to the something here that it's just the tip of the iceberg, Flint. Right? It is. I mean, this is going to be going on all over America. It absolutely is. You know, I've said before, I feel like uh, Bill Paxton from that scene in Twister where they say the tornado's coming and he goes, it's already here. That's exactly what's happening with the water crisis and we are having a national water crisis in this country. Uh, it, by way of a little bit of education, uh, what happens is 70% of our municipal systems come from surface water. So that's rivers and that's creeks and that's reservoir. No two bodies of water are the same. So if you willy-nilly change the water system from one river to another, you can cause a chemical reaction in the water. So we add chlorine because when we bring in the surface water, it has organic matter. And it creates a byproduct, which is called total trihalomethane. Very regulated by the EPA and part of the Safe Drinking Water Act because it's an environmental pollutant and it's carcinogenic. You have a thousand cities in violation today of total trihalomethanes in their water system. New studies have shown that women in the first trimester of pregnancy exposed to over 80 parts per billion of total trihalomethane have a 15.7% increased risk of miscarriage. Now, here's where things begin to change. Between and the Zika virus. Yeah. Well, I don't want that. No, I'm just saying no one's going to get laid. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Family guys, anyway. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> when we have no water because it's all polluted, right. we're not going to get laid then either so, right. because Good it's point. game over for right. everybody. And but what's happening here, Bill, is really actually very concerning because they are not following regulations and they found a way to cheat the system. And here's where we're having a national crisis. They've decided when they exceed total trihalomethanes not to do what's regulated and that's to put on a carbon activated filtration system. It's expensive. They don't want to pay for it. So they've gone the cheap route and they now throw ammonia in the water system. But yeah. And the ammonia has a chemical reaction. It X's out the chlorine, which is very scary, and here's why. Are you watching all the Legionella outbreaks across this country? No. This is why. They're everywhere. Oh. Brain-eating amoebas in Louisiana. Brain-eating amoebas? Yes. I am so totally never drinking this stuff again. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 you need to, I hate to be the okay. bearer of bad news, well, well, but it's really like absolutely Way too late happening. for that, but no, we want you to be there. <laughs> Bearer. I mean, brain-eating amoebas, and you don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Come on. Well, I, 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 think, you know. I think that bus has sailed. But, uh, <laughs> but we're but, dealing with... I hate to interrupt you. No, no. Because I'm very, like, passionate about I, this. That's why we like you. And I can't keep up with where the flints are happening. 
They're from Indiana, Ohio, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, 16 cities reporting. California, Alaska, Louisiana, Virginia, New York, yeah, Navajo Nation. It's and all over. Because, why? Because nobody wants to pony up and put in new pipes for, for, for starters. We need yep. to lay pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, battery. I'm funny and dirty, but I don't even know it. <laughs> it happens. Uh, <laughs> we do. We have a failing infrastructure. Right. We need to re the distribution system in Poughkeepsie, New York, cost him hundreds it, of millions. Flint's going right. to be a billion. I mean, but you know what pisses me off? All of this is happening because of corrupt politics and fucking greed, and it has greed, to yes. stop. I mean, but when you put something on the ballot, I mean, we have plebiscites here in L.A., of here in California, rather, and if you ask people if they want uh, to raise their taxes, they very often say no. So everybody has to look in the mirror on this one. Okay, everybody I want to ask does. you about one other thing, which is, of course, what's going on here in the Los Angeles area. Mm -hmm. Porter Ranch is the town where there's the methane leak. Absolutely. Uh, now, we see the infrared images on TV. Yeah. And this would be a much bigger story, am I right, if you could actually see this? If instead of this that's invisible, you saw black smoke coming out of it every day, wouldn't people care more? Well, absolutely, because, see, they can't see pollution always. You can't see lead in right. water. So it's this silent, invisible issue that we have. And I've seen pictures coming from Porter Ranch. It is billowing black when you, you were do there. the infrared. Absolutely. And it looks you got like a sick, volcano. Right? You felt it immediately? Yes, my entire crew. I mean, you feel dizzy, your gait That's, goes off, oh your God. throat is dry. But I'm you know so what scared. drives me mad out there? I'm a neighbor to Porter Ranch. Who knew? Who knew? And how it got permitted right. to build a community on top of an oil and gas field that's the second largest natural gas reserve right. with 60 billion cubic feet of gas under pressure is stupidity. I cannot believe All right. that so that got listen, permitted. Um, I wanted to mention, before I forget, that actually Flint native Michael Moore, yes. who has done yeoman's work over there, was supposed to be on, he got pneumonia, basically, because he was trying to promote a movie at the same time as fight as he always does mm -hmm. for his hometown of Flint. Yeah. He's been there every day. So, Michael, get well. Yes, first absolutely. Of all. And get second well. of all, what a tribute. And I just wanted to mention this movie he was going to promote. I've seen it. Where to Invade Next. It's awesome. If you love Michael Moore movies, you'll love this one. Uh, I know Michael really well. He, he didn't do a movie for a long time. He waited till he was inspired, and then he did it like in three months. And it just shows that he was inspired. So, okay. Um, speaking of Where to Invade Next, uh, <laughs> it was announced this week, and this is one of the things they didn't cover because the stupid media, who I hate, especially the TV media, only covers the horse race now. It's just all the reality show all the time. But important shit happens, and that's why I'm here. Okay, so... <laughs> Obama... Uh, President Obama originally said we were getting out of Afghanistan in 2014. Then he moved that up to 2017. This week, what came out is never... <laughs> Never. Endless war it is. And what they said was Afghanistan, we pretty much have to leave troops there on the South Korean model. In other words, when America invades, we love you long time. 
We just never leave. And I find this very depressing. Especially given, uh, I mean, South Korea has great food, has oh. a very attractive people, a very polite, nice. I've spent some time in South Korea. I've spent some time in Afghanistan. Somewhat otherwise. In, so, I mean, if you're going to be stuck someplace, although for the dinner next should probably years, not be the litmus test. Actually, I think well, that's not I how mean, I make my I mean, right? I've never been near Afghanistan, but I know people have been there. They say the people are actually actually they are very nice outside people. of the Taliban. The, uh, the people yeah, are very that problem. There's that. Yes, and, and then there's the goat. Right. There's yeah, the goat for dinner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant for dating. Okay. Um, well, so fill that too. <laughs> uh, who wins New Hampshire? As long as I got a panel on, here, and on the few, Republican side or the Democratic side? Let's, well, the Democrat, we know it's going to be Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Because Donald. the college kids tell the pollsters the truth. Trump. The college kids tell the pollsters the truth. The rest of us, the Republicans, it's shut up. I'm eating dinner. You know, yeah. uh, or as we say it, Trump. Yeah, but, Trump. Uh, so Trump. you know, the Republican poll polling is like much less reliable in New okay. Hampshire than Democrats. He's he's Trump. So he's Trump. He's trumping in New Hampshire, and he has to win in New Hampshire. Trump will win it. And I, Bush could do well now that he dragged his mother out of Texas to campaign for him. He has his brother making ads for him. Yeah, yeah he should do pretty well. Okay. Yeah. So, so Trump will win. You say? Yeah, he's yeah, a, he'll win. Because he went down nine points nationally after Iowa. Because, I mean, his big thing was, I win. I'm always winning. I'm winning. I'm the big winner. Well, well, We're going to have so much winning. You're going to be bored of it. And then he forgot in, New, in Iowa well, to win. he made win. a colossal mistake so, by not participating he, yeah. in the presidential debate. Okay. It was just a colossal well, mistake. But who gets right. the trophy? And he never had a ground game. It was never real. He, it was he all spent more on hats mirrors. and T-shirts than campaign staff. That is a that's, fact. That's the key. Well, Alex, his hat says "Make America <laughs> Great Again." <laughs> if you can't trust a hat, that's all you need. That's right. No, Lincoln, Lincoln had the Gettysburg Address on his hat. That's yeah, why it that's was so why tall. That was, was, and that's why he was. That's, yeah. That's how you but, win office. It's think, all about the hat. I mean, yes, being a winner is like a huge part of his message. But let's not underestimate. Trump gives voice to a sector of the Republican Party and that the is Democratic Party. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, yes. okay, let's just talk about independents love him in New Hampshire. There is yes. a nativist, angry strain of conservatives. Well, oh, and well, it's true. It is, that is true. Uh, absolutely. They're angry. They're oh, nativists. They're angry nativists in the Republican Party, and that represents. About the Republican Party voter. has no monopoly on anger. Is an that, undecided voter who is trying to decide between Sanders and Trump. Mm -hmm. Who is? Well, yes, I know. This is a story in the Manchester Because, again, later. they're both authentic. Yeah, but also, and they're both know, going I think, to you I know, think the rest of the people, country. You know, people like the New Yorker in Trump. Uh, I remember Billy Joel used to end every concert by going, don't let anybody give you any shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't, or, don't take any shit from anybody. <laughs> and I feel like that's, if you could fit it on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> and Bernie's and a New Yorker. Yeah. Who would maybe echo the and, same and Bernie's sentiment, got if not some policy? Same thing going. Yeah. Right. So who's coming in second in New Let Hampshire? me tell you. Well, well, Christie and Bush is trying to take out Rubio, which means Rubio is surging out of Iowa. So look out for Rubio. But well, Bush I just is saw Christie's both get... these guys, and I think Christie, if he can get the speed up, if he can catch Rubio, well, he can got, take him he's down. He's got to lose weight in order to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just sit on him. <laughs> Ooh. That's, that's, that, talk about harsh. I mean, the, the, the painful reality is that Jeb Bush is eventually going to have to cede ground to 
his protege, and that's just the way things are going to have to be. And the rest of the establishment is also going to have are to you, fall in line if so they have any hope of Bush actually getting a candidate for the general election. Are you saying Bush should get out of the race? Yes! But do you think any Republican needs to um, sort of buddy up to reality because, like, new economic... It never worked for us before. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. New economic figures came out today. I mentioned it in the yeah. monologue. Uh, unemployment now below 5%, 4.9. And by the way, this is all in the private sector, what yeah. they always scream for. 7,000 government jobs were eliminated. But every Republican somehow echoes the idea of we have to restore. Here's Jeb Bush a couple of weeks ago. There may be no turning back for America. Anybody who thinks we're better off now than before Obama, is living in an alternative universe. Someone is living in an alternative universe. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in the universe I live in, you can actually measure shit with numbers and facts. <laughs> um, it's, but that's such but an... Wait a second. It's, okay, so, it's such an unhappy universe. Okay, but in, in 09, uh, when Bush was president and Obama first took over, we were losing 800,000 jobs a month. 14 million have been created. Unemployment was like 10 or 11% after a couple of months he was in office. Now it's below what Romney predicted when he was going to first be out of office. GDP minus 5.4 to plus 2. Gas prices... Should we restore $5 gas prices? <laughs> Should we restore all those people who didn't have Why do you keep looking at me when you say all this? Because I, I just want an answer to this question. When they talk about restoring, aren't they asking us to restore to something far worse? Well, you know, look. Yes. The real question, the real question that comes out of that Bush quote for me is, why did he keep, why in this day and age you keep talking this bullshit political crap. I mean, that's just like, you know, that's just like crap by the 55-gallon drum that comes out of politicians, you know? <laughs> you got your Republican version, you got your Democratic version. Thing is, uh, you know, Trump, Trump's full of shit himself, you know, but it's like new novel shit, you know, and you never know what'll be next. And, and, and Sanders is telling the truth as he sees it, you know? Right. I mean, uh, that's not, that's not ahead, an endorsement of the guy, yeah. because I was a left-wing hippie in the 1960s. I hated that yeah. pot, pot smoker, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He was the guy that would come in about four or five years older than us, and he would come in and try to organize us into the young Trotskyite party, you know? And, well, I mean, Mr. Bring, Captain Bringdown, you know? Then he'd hit on Sunshine. It was all spaced out. <laughs> oh, up, man. Up. You're just you know, going in the... Just, yeah, I, I couldn't stand that guy then. I can't stand him now, you know? But, maybe but, that's but why, never mind. He you know, is telling the truth. You know, maybe that's why young people like um, Bernie Sanders, because he's cool, because he smoked that pot. He didn't, though. He didn't. He was like the only guy in the 60s. Your question. While well, you guys Did talk I? about doobies, <laughs> your question about restore. Restore means something that has nothing to do with economics. Maybe it's bad. It is about rewinding the clock on social progress. Yes. It is rewinding the clock, clock on whatever, whatever debate we're having and potential progress on the environment, on gay marriage, on, you know, the conversation about criminal justice, about racial progress or lack thereof. I mean, that is, I think, what the certain people in the Republican Party mean. It's not actually, let's go they, back to seven, must... $5 a gallon gas. It's, let's go back to a time when gay marriage wasn't legal. Let's go back to a time when... They must know that's impossible. There wasn't the ACA. I mean, this right. is, this is I, what... I, I think more, it's more about overregulation and the Great Society programs have not exactly worked. It's not been a perfect experiment. We need to uplift the tides out of these inner cities because all these programs have certainly not been better for them. And also, you can't no, you can't flee you can't flee the rich and those plainly, that create wealth. Again, there are numbers. 
I hate to tell you. Oh, no, I'm not but disagreeing with for, you on unemployment. For example, I, I'm not disagreeing with for you. For example, you I wait, think you should give the president well, credit. No, no, for, uh, but you said the social program. Yeah, like, they're not working like, for this. Well, like just, before Social Security, the uh, the poverty level among older people was somewhere huge. near 30%. Yeah, it's a program now, that worked. Now it's well, 9 percent. So to say there's you know, programs... But you got to be able to, you should be able to tweak them to make them better. Yes, and we should. Absolutely. Yes, that's all I'm saying. But that's not what we're poverty doesn't programs mean every we're year store, yes. to lift everybody out yes. of poverty. And okay. and why, so why are some right. people still poor? Right. Yeah. Some, some yeah. yeah, something's wrong. I have to put a conclusion to this, but it was very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. It's time for new rules. <laughs> yeah. All right, new rule. Ted Cruz has to tell us, are you trying to kiss your wife or snap her neck? Or eat her face, <laughs> or feed her regurgitated food like a bird, <laughs> or seed her host body with your reptilian space eggs. Whatever it is, stop doing it. New rule Mattel has to rename its new curvy Barbie. Nice ass for a white girl Barbie. <laughs> New rule, someone must advise Vermin Supreme, the the candidate who's filed for the presidential primary in New Hampshire, promising every American a pony and saying he'll defeat ISIS by going back in time, that wearing a boot on his head could undermine his credibility. <laughs> New rule, if two female flight attendants can get into a mid-flight all-out brawl that requires an unscheduled landing, as happened on Delta this week, my carry-on doesn't have to fit all the way on the seat. So true. New rule, somebody needs to inform me whether this sign means that this spot, parking spot is reserved for the handicapped or reserved for the Kardashians. Wow. <laughs> Shameless. They have big asses. <laughs> And finally, new rule, football is a body-crushing, brain-wrecking game. But we all know that now, so either ban it or shut the hell up about it. <laughs> and I say that as someone who is not callous to the suffering. When I see a receiver go over the middle and get hammered, I always think, one, I hope that didn't cause permanent damage, and two, did he get enough for the first down? <laughs> Because we needed that play. Oh, he didn't even hold on? Fuck, what are we paying you for? <laughs> now, about a month ago, Hollywood released a movie about the evils of violence in football. Concussion, it was called, starring Will Smith. And it tanked, possibly because Americans retain a strong <clears throat> libertarian streak. And when it comes to the game we're all going to watch this Sunday, their view is, let's make it a day to enjoy one national pastime, football, and set aside our other national pastime, which is telling strangers how to live their lives. <laughs> you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd feel bad about the violence if the reason I watched the game was to see injuries. You know, like NASCAR. But that's not the reason. I watch it because it's a great game, and an unfortunate side effect is young men smashing into each other like demolition derby cars full of meat. And loving it. Yeah! <laughs> yes, they do seem to be loving it. 
alpha males have been fighting alpha males ever since the first Greek teenager told his friend, let's take our clothes off and wrestle. It won't be gay at all. <laughs> Paul Walker died joyriding. Now, I don't get car love. I don't think driving is like sex. I think it's like commuting. <laughs> but that's me. He was doing what he loved. Some people smoke cigarettes. Some ski too fast. Some date Chris Brown. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Americans spend a lot of their time working on relationships. Unfortunately, they're other people's. If Rihanna wants to get back with Chris Brown or Hillary wants to stay with Bill, that's their call, not yours. You don't get... You don't get to stop strangers from doing what or who they love. Even if it's not what or who you would do. Just days after David Bowie's recent death, someone dug up an old interview with a retired groupie named Lori Maddox where she said she lost her virginity to Bowie when she was 15 in a hotel suite on hash and champagne, which in 1972 was considered part of a complete breakfast. <laughs> now, to hear Lori tell it, she was a more than willing partner and he was gentle and knowing and wearing a kimono. Which is not a bad way to lose your virginity, considering most deflowerings involve Michelob a van and crying. <laughs> if, <laughs> if there's a victim here, it's the poor guy who had to fuck Lori Maddox next. How do you follow David Bowie in a kimono? Talk about pressure pushing me down. But according to the internet, social justice warriors, this was horrible and Lori would be better off today if she'd lost her virginity to a loser named Dan from Algebra 2 class. <laughs> sure, Lori says she loved it and still loves it and has never regretted it for a second, but she's wrong because she's only asking herself. <laughs> she should be asking a blogger or a woman's collective in Winnipeg because they know better than Lori how Lori should feel. <laughs> You know, I thought we'd all come to accept this mantra, live in the moment. But sometimes when you're young and in the moment, the moment includes recklessness. Who can say that when they were young and felt invincible, they didn't do stuff that compromised their health later on? I certainly did. And I pitied a fool. <laughs> Nailed it. In 1983, when we used to say that, who would have tried to take the Jack Daniels out of my hand? <laughs> and can I say with certainty that there will be no consequences from a lifetime of pot smoking? No, I can't. But fortunately, I can treat them with medical marijuana. <laughs> this guy is the same age as this guy. And yes, Newt will probably live a little longer, but there's a downside to that. He has to live longer as Newt Gingrich. <laughs> so Sammy Davis Jr. died at 64 because he lived a fast, fun, rat-packing life. And when he died, I remember saying, I would rather have 64 Sammy years than 100 Ken Starr years. <laughs>
Well, now I'm 60 and I strongly disagree. <laughs> but you can only live at the age and time you're living. Just try telling a 20-year-old not to do something because how they'll feel about it at 50. Since forever, 20-year-olds have been saying, 50? The planet might not be here when I'm 50. <laughs> and now, they kind of have a point. <laughs> and by the way, I also lost my virginity at 50. And also to David Bowen. <laughs> All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Common Atlanta, February 19th, the Brady in Tulsa, April 23rd, and the Peabody in St. Louis, April 24th. I want to thank P.J. O'Rourke, Armstrong Williams, Alex Wagner, Aaron Brockovich, and Gloria Steinem. Join us now for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.